Welcome to Episode 9 of the RMD Podcast from Reverse Mortgage Daily. I'm Chris Clow, Editor of RMD. In our ninth episode, we sat down with Scott Gordon, the CEO of Open Mortgage, to gain insight into his perspective on how his company is continuing to make moves in the reverse mortgage industry. Between its expansive efforts on the digital side and the steps it's taken to pick up the slack left by some prominent lender exits, our conversation with Scott also touches on his views on the importance of company culture, along with the ways his past as an engineer and programmer have shaped his perspective on leading a mortgage company. Hope you enjoy it. Scott, thank you so much for taking the time to join me on the RMD podcast. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, well, just to start things off, for the few people who may not be familiar with who you are, so for people who are listening to a reverse mortgage podcast that maybe live under a rock, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got your start in the mortgage and the reverse mortgage industries. Well, mortgage, it's funny. So many people who are in it seem to end up becoming lifers. They don't know how they got in it, but they're stuck there. I was on the board of directors of a company called Open Lending that I was the lead investor for, and another board member wanted me to fund a mortgage company. Said I would do it as his partner, not as an investor, and and it turned out he didn't work as much as me, so now I own a mortgage company. (laughs) And I look at the calendar, and it's been 17 years. Wow. Yeah. Time flies whether you're having fun or not. (laughs) <laughs> Most certainly. So uh, I guess in that time then, how did the reverse mortgage product concept first get your attention? And what was it that led you to believe that it could have been a viable business path for you to get into? Well, we started small as a broker, became a banker, went through those usual paths of, of companies. And I, I actually was a software engineer for 20 years. So my thinking is kind of I hope, like an engineer. Where am I today? What are we doing today? What's the next thing I should learn to do or get better at? You know, how do we take the company to the next step? So after we had, I don't know how many, many states licensed and had loan officers in a lot of locations, somebody presented reverse mortgage to me, introduced to a gentleman here in uh, Texas who's been doing them for a long time. And it just seemed like an interesting product to add to our other product mix. I knew it was a niche, but it seemed like it was a good product and that it really helped people. Yeah, most definitely. That's a, that's an understandable path then. So um, whenever I have a chance to talk to someone who's the head of one of these companies, I always have to ask because the answer changes depending on the leader that I speak to. What are some problems that you have to deal with as the head of a major reverse mortgage company that people might not expect you to have to deal with? I don't know that I have different problems than anybody else. There's all the corporate things that you want a good, run a good company. And in my case, I want it to be a great place to come to work. And whether it's forward or reverse, there's all the compliance issues. We have to make sure that we do things the right way and our loan originators do thing and you know all of that reverse in particular has the problems that it can be niche and mortgage in general and reverse certainly in the last five six years of course has gone through so many changes mortgage being a smaller total market boy it really seems to hit reverse harder 
when they change regulations or a program is forced to go away or things, you know, October 2nd, 2017 really changed the world. When January hit and everybody was like, well, where's our business going to come from now? That feels like a bigger issue in the reverse space than, than products changing in the forward space. Why is that? I don't think being one of the, the managers of a reverse company is all that different than other mortgage entities. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I've heard you mention in the past that uh, that company culture is a very important aspect of open mortgage. How how do issues of, of culture manifest and what do you like to do to try and uh, and keep up the, the culture at open? Yeah, so I was in a, an organization called Vistage for years at CEO Coaching. So I would meet with a group of CEOs every month. And in any one group, like in my group, nobody else did mortgage. Had people who converted jet fighters to drones and people who did furniture in India and, you know, interesting mix. But uh, in the Vistage experience, I found the thing about culture is it's not exactly what culture you decide to have. It's cultural alignment. So you have to spend some time thinking about what is our culture going to be here? And even though I'm a reverse com- company and AAG is a reverse company and FAR, we, we all may choose to have slightly specifically different cultures, but the cultural alignment part is was to make sure your employees know what your culture is. And beyond that, examples of if we say friendliness is our core value, that's not one of ours, but if we said that, you need examples for employees of, well, how does friendliness translate into my behaviors at work every day? So if you develop your culture, know what your values are, and then make sure people know um, what, would I, what does that really mean and how I work every day, then you can end up with cultural alignment. And it just feels like a magic carpet where the company moves ahead better because everybody's aligned on what you're trying to do and why you're trying to do it. Excellent. Yeah, I think that that helps to illustrate what what you guys try to do and how you try to be different from a cultural standpoint. But I did want to go back to something else that you said a, a couple minutes ago in terms of your mindset coming from the engineering space. I'm interested to know what you believe that brings to the table, specifically in this business, and how you see those things potentially cross over given your experiences in the past. So having the engineering background, I think just gives me a different perspective from that training of how you break any process down into step-by-step, whether it's going from being a broker to a banker to selling to Fannie and Freddie, or whether it's adding the reverse product or other products. It's just a, the engineering mindset is kind of how you do things step by step. So in any of these um, segments of mortgage, you can use that way of thinking. It may be a weakness sometimes that I don't have the sales way of thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, that's another perspective that I, I have to rely on other people for. Sure. Very understandable. I think uh, I, I find that to be a, a generally solid way to to approach problems, breaking it down, simplifying it, getting it down to the base elements, and then moving from there. Something that I try to do, but I've, I don't come from an engineering background. I kind of just 
guess in the dark for myself. It helps with technology. You know, mortgage in general, we're, we're faced with changing technologies. I mean, we have been for, for years, but it really feels like it's accelerating now. Mm-hmm. About AI and <clears throat> all these bots and little pieces of code that you can buy or write and how you run your business. The engineering mindset, I think, helps when you're deciding should we use technology or how would technology help us or what balance do we want between people and technology? All of those are really just getting ideas from your own people and from competitors and everything, but then evaluating your choices and weighing them and deciding what are our priorities for moving forward. Yeah, most definitely. I think that's a really interesting way of looking at it. In terms of what I've been seeing Open Mortgage get up to over the past several months, it seems like you guys have been making a lot of moves recently. Not only did your company hire a a large number of people from a lender that closed last year, but you've also recently acquired uh, Premier Home Mortgage. And so now that I have you uh, on the phone right now, I'd love to know how the company's expansion efforts are going and what are some ways that the expansion are, are going to help in terms of growing the company's overall footprint? Yeah, expansion. You know, I think you have to look at any point in time. Is it a good idea today or not? And it's funny that 2018 was so painful for people that 2019 was a good, good opportunity to acquire people. And 2020 is absolutely not. I mean, it's gone from a buyer's market to a seller's market. But in that moment in time, that worked out pretty well for us. It's given us better coverage in some states. There's the advantages of size. Sometimes when the pools you're selling are a little bigger, helps get more attention from the investors. We've been doing it enough years. We seem to have a really good uh, relationship with the people we sell loans to. And I'm happy to say a good relationship with FHA. That doesn't hurt. So just the general increase in operations, I think, allows you to be a little more efficient. Terrific. Yeah. I don't talk to a whole lot of um, other companies that have, I guess, detailed for me that they do have a, a positive relationship with FHA. But I mean, not that none of them have it. I don't think any of them have a bad relationship per se, but it's nice to hear that that's a feather in the cap of open as you guys continue to expand your efforts going forward. I uh, imagine that that's, that's probably one of those things where being an ex engineer helped me mm. because, uh, and I was a software engineer. So in a computer, if your code is wrong at all, it doesn't work. So when I, got into mortgage and they said, well, there are these regulations and there's Red Z and there's RESPA. As an engineer thinking person, I just assumed we could never violate any of those rules. Because thinking a computer wouldn't work if the code wasn't written right. So we've probably been pretty conservative, but now that we get audited by one state or another, I think we are audited by one and a half states per month on average because we're in 46 states. So having that kind of conservative uh, mentality, I guess, paid off in the long run. Yeah, most definitely. I can certainly see the advantages of that. Uh, I want to go back to technology. Speaking of computers and, and other kinds of automation, you've, you've mentioned technology in the past in some of our previous conversations as a really big part of what makes Open Mortgage stand out compared with a lot of its competitors. 
I'd be curious if there's anything else that you can share about some of the digital strides that the company is making now and potentially what you might be looking to do in the future on that front. Well, it's interesting because I said last year was a good year to acquire people. This year is a bad year. So this is a great year to spend time and money on technology. We actually have three or four things going, although some of it is what I call soft innovation. Somebody once told me hard innovation is when you invent the mouse or the iPad or you know some significant thing. And soft innovation is where you do 19 things just a little better. Soft innovation is hard to copy. If it's 19 little things you've done in your process, hard for people to know what that is. So this year, things we're looking at are increased spending on technology. In fact, my wife had an interesting idea about setting up a software company that's owned by a holding company so that we could personally invest more in the software company to develop code for open mortgage. Mm. I thought it was an interesting idea. So it, it allows us to spend more money with less impact on the finances of open mortgage. But the pieces, there isn't anything big that I can announce today, but the pieces are all process pieces that help us um, speed up our turn time and be a little more efficient. I think efficiency is important. And it's just, it, again, last year was so different from this year. 2018 was so different. People really had bad margins in 2018, lost money. Then 2019, when interest rates improved, people, the volume went up and everybody's happy and everybody thinks they're genius. But really, a lot of the companies didn't change. The market changed. And the market's going to change back eventually. So, again, it's a good time. Our volumes are up. I think we're up 40%. But this is a good time to spend money on the technology so you can be more efficient so that when the next um, margin compression happens, you're better prepared to take it. So at least from my perspective in open mortgage, and, and I'm the one who gets to tell everybody what our perspective is at open mortgage, <laughs> uh, it's a time to be working on improvements and efficiency and seeing what are those pieces of technology that we should buy or build to keep getting us to the next step before the next margin compression period hits us. Excellent. That's a wonderful perspective. Thank you. I also have to ask you about proprietary reverse mortgages, just because it's such a big topic of conversation in the industry right now. Uh, from your perspective as the head of a lender, do you think that the day will come when proprietary products are going to eclipse traditional HECMs, or do you see the industry winds maybe moving in a different direction? Here again, being an ex-software engineer person, I have a really hard time believing that I know enough to predict the future. <laughs> so it's hard for me to see proprietaries taking over Heckam, partly just because that's so different from where we've been. It is true that more lenders have proprietary products, and I know we've talked to some private equity firms about range of products, and we're looking at our range of products and who we work with and what things we can offer in the marketplace. But it's really hard for me to predict how far that will go in the reverse space. And so much also seems to hinge on partly who's in office in Washington, D.C. And, and the whims of FHA and, you know, how they feel about their insurance pool. And there's a lot that I think 
through NARMLA, we can lobby and educate and keep trying to position things as well as we can, but there's some of that that's just going to be out of our control. Yeah, sure. I think that that's, that's an understandable perspective. I know that uh, there's several industry observers, let's say, that are certainly looking to see how things will develop on the legislative side and on the administrative side in Washington, D.C. over the next several months. 2020 should be an eventful year in that regard either way. But um, I'd also be curious if I hear anything from my conversations with people at all levels of the industry, whether it's a company leader like yourself or whether it's a frontline loan officer, it's that many of the old issues like reverse mortgage, product perception, and education remain ongoing problems. How far do you think the industry has come in educating people about the potential for reverse mortgage products, but also how far do you think it still has to go, especially since people still say that those are still problems in the industry? Yeah, that's funny. As, as you were asking me the question, I thought you were about to say that those issues, old issues had faded away or were gone. And I, I was thinking to myself, what? So sadly, they are still issues. I hard to put a number on it, so I'll just say 50-50. Maybe we've gotten through half of it. And Narmla's done some good work. You know, I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of companies like us who contribute a certain amount of money every month Narmla for their fund. They spend on partly PR, partly every time there's an article written that the author didn't seem to really understand reverses or maybe had a negative attitude. I know they reach out to that author and kind of enlighten them or correct them or try to get them to see more of the picture if they had a bias. The norm was certainly done some good work, but it, it is a little odd to me that we tell the story over and over and yet the public is still a little stuck in some of the fears, you know, some of the myths that were never true in the first place, let alone all the things that may have been true and been corrected and proved over the years. So it's just an ongoing battle. And the market penetration that we have is really so small compared to what it should be. If that's good news and that we have more market opportunity, we can figure out how to communicate. And there's a the technology question there too, not to change topics on you, but but we know consumers generally, certainly millennials, but consumers generally want more consumer-centric stuff on the web. They want to just do things on the web, at least to some extent. They might still want to be able to call a human and get help from a human when they want it. Even millennials want to do things on the web, but still have a human to talk to, at least in the survey that seemed lately. But as time goes by, more and more seniors are going to want, I think, to be more educated through the web and to be able to start and do more of the process through the web, even though then that may be the automated digital consumer experience that goes with the human experience. So that's certainly, in fact, one of the things we're researching this year, which is developing is the next web of digital for interfacing with buyers. Excellent. By that same token, um, RMD published uh, an article, kind of an in-depth article a a few months ago that took a look at the fact that Generation X is going to qualify for proprietary reverse mortgages as soon as next year. And Heckam's just a couple of years after that. 
do you think that that generational transition in the early going is going to have an impact on the way that borrowers interface with technology? Or do you think it'll be a little bit more of a, a longer path toward reaching that? Well, I'm probably the wrong person to ask since I started being a programmer in 1982. So I'm, <laughs> I lean toward the digital. Sure. And I just think it's a myth to say that seniors aren't on computers because we know they're on there with Facebook, you know, finding out what their grandkids are doing. But there is the question of how comfortable they are with something that is not their grandkids' soccer match, but it's their personal finances. I mean, that's highly personal. I don't know how else to say it. And there is the security question. So I, I think the move to digital will happen more quickly than we think if we create the right user experience on the web. And it you know, has to be the easy button. It has to be, you go there, it's very easy and understandable, and the things you're looking at or the things you're looking for are easy to find. So it's hard. It's a little like TurboTax. You know, a lot of people can do their taxes with TurboTax because it's just going to walk them through one question at a time. The more we can develop an experience that fits when you get there and kind of leads you right through it, the more we can support that side of it. And then not use that to get rid of loan officers, use that to deliver more customer experience on the front end so the loan officers can do more important work. And any one particular loan officer ought to be able to juggle more leads and more loans if they have that user industry support. Excellent. Yeah, I really appreciate that perspective, especially from a programmer. It's nice to hear. I always also like to ask people just to kind of pivot into something more generally positive uh, because the answer changes depending on who I speak to for this question as well. For you, what is the best part about being specifically in the reverse mortgage industry and why does it stand out to you? Well, it sounds a little talking to say, gee, we like helping people, but it, it's, um, we have an ops center in Douglasville, Georgia, right outside of Atlanta, and I have another one in San Diego, here in Austin, and Rapid City, South Dakota. And I travel around, I see our people, and I'm kind of touched about how they like to help borrowers. It's not just about how many loans can we grind out and all that. But on the reverse side, in our reverse apps and tails, it's, it's just true when I, when I take our people out to dinner or have holiday parties or whatever, the people in the reverse space just care so much about helping seniors. That even sounds phony when I hear myself saying it to you. But if I'm not sure you've talked to people in the reverse space at a lot of different companies, but they really sincerely like to help. And they all have stories of this person or that borrower or what their situation was or how it really helped them out or gave them flexibility. It doesn't have to be like a crisis of need. But that part is pretty touching to me. That whole crew that we have in Atlanta, they do great work. I think you, I don't know if you had a press release recently, Joe Morris retired from Open Mortgage, retired from Reverse. I think he has seven vacations already planned out at the beach in his cabin. But Joe was uh, a leader in the industry. It was great having him here at the company and his great influence on our group because he was such a believer in how we can help seniors. 
So for me, that, that's the part that's most touching is that all of my employees are good and want to help people, but in the reverse side, they are just so sincerely motivated that way. Absolutely. Oh, that's, that's really nice to hear. Yeah, it's always good when, um, when that's at the forefront of, uh, of people's minds when, they, when they're working in this industry. And indeed, when I started covering the reverse space, that was one of the things that immediately stood out to me with virtually everyone that I spoke to is that helping seniors is at the forefront of the decisions that they make. And it's always heartening to hear those stories come back. That's for sure. Last, yeah, yeah, most, most definitely. It's always nice to hear. I've only got one more question for you. And I I know even just from this conversation and in previous conversations, uh, you don't like to dwell too much on predictions, but I have to ask while I have you, do you have a perspective on what you see the reverse mortgage industry looking like in five years? And how would you like open mortgage to shape it going forward? Wow. That would be a great question if I had thought about it a little bit. Certainly, I want open mortgage to be in the top handful for five years from now. Of course, I'd like it to be number one or two or three. <laughs> I'd like to see us make that jump to another level of technology supporting originators. I'd like to, and, and, I, and I think that certainly will happen in the next five years, us, us or other companies. And I'd like to see a little more break um, in the adoption, a break in the adoption of numbers turning up in the way that they should, because the marketplace is certainly there. We know there's lots of seniors hitting the reverse mortgage age, and there's a lot of people who could use it as a tool. So I'm certainly bullish on the reverse mortgage. It's great for me to be able to balance it when we have traditional mortgage on the you know, in the company as well, and we look at the ways we can kind of um, use the synergies to work both sides of the marketplace. But I don't think it'll become, like on the forward side, we do conventional loans, FHA, we do 203Ks, which is rehab loans. We do a FHA 184, Native American loan. Those are pretty rare. We have underwriters specialized in that. But it'll never become... 17 other loans and the reverse mortgage is just one of the next. I still feel like it's traditional and reverse as very separate segments. Excellent. Well, Scott, that's pretty much all I've got for you. I really appreciate you taking the time out to join me on the RMD podcast, and I hope we can do it again sometime. Great. Thanks, Chris. Fun to talk to you. Likewise. Thank you, sir. You have a good one. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Episode 9 of the RMD podcast. Again, a very special thanks to Scott Gordon at Open Mortgage for being so generous with his time in talking about his perspective on the reverse mortgage industry. For more news and insights on that industry, be sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at reversemortgagedaily.com. If you haven't already, subscribe to the RMD podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast content. I'm Chris Clow, and this has been a production of Aging Media Network based in Chicago, Illinois. See you next time.